we have the impeachment moving forward. Mitch McConnell is starting to do private classes on what's going to happen if the impeachment moves over to the Senate. They're saying now that it looks like it's going to be done by Christmas time. I don't know if I buy that. Schiff uh, pushed Volcker yesterday. There was a, a fight in the cabinet room. This is nuts. Where do you want to begin, Bill? Um, let's begin with the Yankees Astros uh, <laughs> playing tonight um, in Gale Force wins. Right. Um, look, Beck, uh, all of this, you're taking it, you and Stu, too seriously. You're taking it too seriously. The fix is in. And you want to know what's going to happen? I'll tell you right now. So that when you go on your vacation with your wife over the weekend, you can have a lovely time without thinking about any of it. Oh, I'm you ready. I'm gonna, even if you tell me we're all going to be sucked into a black hole in a week, I'm still not going to think about it this weekend. All go right, ahead. good. Um, so Nancy Pelosi now is in a corner and has to do some kind of um, vote on impeachment mm-hmm. because she can't just say, oh, never mind. We really don't have anything. Can't do that. She's not – it's going to squeak by. There'll be, I don't know, 20, 25 defections on the Democratic side, even though they'll be threatened by Ms. Pelosi with a cutoff of all their campaign funding. There, there will be. And then McConnell knows that when it comes in, there's nothing there. So he's already canvassed. I don't think there's going to be any Republican senators voting for conviction. Maybe the crazy woman up in Alaska, Markowski – Will they vote to hear it and do a trial? What they'll try to probably do is McConnell, he has all these arcane things that he learned from Martin Van Buren that we don't know anything about. <laughs> you all mean right? when when uh, when uh, McConnell was about 40, learning yeah, at the media? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, um, Millard Fillmore told him right. something, and we have no idea what <laughs> right. that is. Right. So he'll he'll have some parliamentary stuff go, well, you know, really don't need the trial. Uh, let's just take a vote. <laughs> he'll do something like that. But why not? I mean, if, they, if there isn't anything there, why not just go through the trial? I don't think that the uh, the Senate wants to dignify it, and they, and they know the media is going to use it every hour on the hour to try to damage Republicans. So they think they want to get it out of there. And, you know, they, I, what do they have, three or four months off of Christmas? They don't want to delay that. They want to just get it done and then come back and start the campaign in January. Doesn't that give the the left more fuel to say, look, they're just burying it. We found evidence and they buried it. Why not just That's do the, the trial? What? what the evidence is. You got you got to have something to show the American people. What do you got now? You got well, Rudy Giuliani may have gone over there and said something mean. Uh, OK, um, if they have evidence, if there is uh, I know, but that's that that's why I would have the trial. I would say, <laughs> I would, I would say, Your Honor you, I mean, and the American right. people, uh, did you hear what their evidence was? But you know how the media is going to spin it. You know they're not going to report accurately what happens at the trial. So why even bother with it? You, you know, we're living in a country now where you just can't get any reality-based reporting at all. But that would None. be covered live. That would be the most watched thing of the Trump administration. But do you, how many Americans are going to sit there and watch it live? I mean, they're not. They're dependent upon a summation at the end of the day, and they're not going to get an accurate summation. Anyway, I know McConnell. I know how he works. I know how he thinks. He thinks 
that this is a waste of time and he wants to get rid of it. Right. And that's what he'll do. OK, um, let me go to Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Now there are four people connected to Rudy Giuliani have been arrested. And uh, it's almost as if the Southern District of New York is is working for the impeachment committee. Uh, do you have any doubt that Rudy Giuliani uh, is clean here or is there are they just sending a message? Hey, Rudy, we'll get to anybody in your life. We're going to take you down. What, what is happening with this? Well, they don't like Rudy Giuliani in the uh, federal office in Manhattan. I think we start there. They don't like him. Um, Rudy Giuliani ran a firm that hired itself out to foreign governments. Always a problem. Mm-hmm. But he made a lot of money. And he would travel to places like Mexico and Ukraine and other countries. And he would get involved, Rudy would, in their local political situation, another huge problem. Mm-hmm. In doing so, he would deal with Vladimir and Jose and all these people who Rudy Giuliani had no blanket idea what they were up to. Okay, so hang on just a second. Isn't that exactly what Greg Craig did as the, the private attorney yeah, for he, President he was, Obama? He was, he was acquitted. Uh, Greg Craig, of his uh, whatever. But what I'm trying to tell you is there is nobody on the face of the earth that can get through this labyrinth and know exactly what Rudy Giuliani did or did not do. This is all private conversations under the uh, banner of I have a private company. I'm making a ton of money. These uh, countries are paying uh, me a lot of money, and they want me to do X, Y, and Z. And we don't know what X, Y, and Z is. We don't know who we dealt with. We don't know why these guys are arrested. We don't know anything. And the feds aren't real anxious to tell us. So that's where we stand on that. So at one point, I was invited over to Italy to have a private meeting with the prime minister of Italy. This is at the height of the Tea Party. And it was Berlusconi. And he he wanted to start his own Tea Party. And while I was flattered to be asked, I, 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 I remember having the team meeting and going, this is insane. First of all, you don't as a government official, you don't start a, you know, a tea party thing. Um, and uh, I don't want to get involved. And, uh, you know, I, I worried how it would look and everything else. Although I thought free trip to Italy and meet with the prime minister, that'd be fun. Uh, I didn't do it. Sh- shouldn't shouldn't these people have better common sense well when you're going to make five billion dollars a year common sense leaves the building giuliani wanted to make money this is the way he could do it so he did it and i don't know what whether he hired attorneys to say well you can do this you can't do that like i've never been invited by a foreign head of state to do anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, they don't want me in their country. Mm-hmm. And they send me postcards <laughs> saying, hey, Bill, don't come to Iceland. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've kind of had here. That's more my experience now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. since you linked up with me, I mean, we're yeah. both persona non grata, mm-hmm. although we will be in Israel and that'll be a, an event. That'll I, be an I event. can guarantee it. That's and I will of, be. Yeah. Um, let um, me ask you this. When they're talking now, well, well I, I want to come back to Schiff and Volcker uh, yesterday, but they're talking now, and I've heard the rumors that uh, John Bolton uh, was very upset. He was on the phone call, and he was very upset, and that's one of the reasons why he was let go by the Trump administration, and uh, he threw a tantrum 
uh, after that phone call. And now they're going to that they're, they're going to call him. And I saw the story today. It's increasingly increasingly likely to get a subpoena uh, to John Bolton for these these secret hearings, which are not secret. Uh, do you know anything about the John Bolton side of this story? All I know is that the story had an anonymous source attached to it, right? Mm-hmm. There's no so-and-so said Bolton did there, so-and-so was in the room, none of that, right? It's just sources close to the situation, say. So I discount this stuff. I throw it in the anonymous sources bucket, which is overflowing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think Bolton was real happy being uh, canned. Uh, as a national security advisor, I don't, I don't think he was. No, no, no. But they said he was on the phone call. That he well, was one you of know, the people. If he was on a phone call, then he has to tell the truth about it, right? Yep. yep. Okay, so let's go. Tee him up. So, do you have any problem? I want to know the truth. Do you have any problem? I mean, I, I, I was talking to my team yesterday, and and we were saying, look, I, I want you to follow through all of the stuff on Rudy Giuliani and John Bolton and all of yeah. this stuff. Follow it because if that's where the story is. I know that there is a story about corruption in Ukraine about the DNC. So follow that. But also follow because if it turns out both sides are dirty, I want both sides exposed. Yeah, let's know. I mean, uh, that's always been my philosophy, and that's why I'm incredibly successful. <laughs> because I, I mean, I want to know the truth. And Tell humble. The truth. And humble. Right. I just want to well, point humble, out. Humble is, uh, humble is through the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Some might say that demanding the truth is an act of humility. Because you don't want other people to be deceived. Therefore, you're putting yourself in the arena on behalf of those other people. Which is yeah, and way. as long as you're willing to look at the other side and say, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Let's, let's explore it. There is nothing more humble than that because I don't have to be right. I don't want to be yes. right. I want the truth to be exposed. But that's a different right. kind of humility than the one I was talking about with you. But that's Bill O'Reilly, and we've grown to love him for his humility. (laughs) Back with Bill in just a second. Bill, did you read the transcript of the uh, of the the secret interrogation uh, between Schiff and Volcker? No. Okay. You need to read it. I mean, first thing I want to know is if it's a secret if it's a secret uh, meeting and investigation, how come I get the transcript? It's not so secret, is it? Uh, but in it, uh, he is he's talking to Volker, who is the United States special representative to Ukraine. And they were expecting him to say, uh, no, it, yeah, Ukraine was 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 pressured into this by Donald Trump. And they were really, oh, my gosh, they were really afraid of what to do. And uh, they have him on the text messages going back and forth to the EU ambassador who's saying, I don't think we should be pressuring another country to do things like this. And he's responding the whole time going, no, that, that's, not what, that's not what he was saying. That, that, that didn't happen. Nobody feels that except you, and that's not what's going on. Schiff got him and tried to force him to say that Trump was intimidating Ukraine, and he wouldn't fold. Well, if that's the transcript, I think it should go right to the House Ethics Committee. And, you know, this guy Schiff's in trouble, by the way. Um, his public opinion, uh, public profile, I mean, it, there's nobody that doesn't hate Trump who likes him and, and trusts him. Nobody. So I think he's destroyed his career, his credibility. And um, if indeed he tried to, 
you know, browbeat a witness, um, the Ethics Committee should get that. Uh, let me go to uh, the weird meeting in the cabinet room yesterday uh, between Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi uh, and Chuck Schumer. All the, the cabinet room was full. The president was sitting there. They started accusing the president of just, you know, being a heartless murderer and killing all these people, the, the uh, defenseless right. Kurds. He says, according to uh, the president, he said, well, you know, um, these are communists. These guys are all communists. And maybe you guys don't mind that so much. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the picture show, stood up and started pointing her finger and yelling at the president. They leave, storm out of the uh, the cabinet room, and then uh, hold a press conference, her and Chuck Schumer, where she says we have to have prayer for Trump's health because he had a very serious meltdown. What do you, what do you think happened here? Well, let me ask you, is Stu still there? Is he, or do you have to slap him, wake him up? I'm, uh, b- b- hello? Yes, what? Hi, Bill? Okay, <laughs> testing. <laughs> Um, let me ask you two a question. When you heard this story last night, did you believe that President Trump had a meltdown? No. They say he's a meltdown in every five minutes. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, well, Donald I Trump is, it, I mean, he is a volatile guy. So yes, did he have he a mental it. breakdown? Is it, what they were trying to say is he was mentally unstable. I don't believe that at right, all. Right, 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 right. But the point of the matter is that the bigger point is this. When I heard the story... I didn't instantly said bull. That was my first reaction. Bull. All right. Because the media lies every two seconds about Donald Trump. And so do Pelosi and Schumer. Now, then Trump says today, well, Nancy had a meltdown. And I say, well, the Secret Service guys had a meltdown and the guy cutting the lawn at him. Everybody melted down. It's so absurd. But my point is you can't get any accuracy of it. So let's just get real. Number one. Nancy Pelosi hates Donald Trump. Number two, Donald Trump hates Nancy Pelosi. They're never going to get along. They're barely civil. And Trump probably insulted her. All right? I guarantee it. Trump said that. Trump said that he did. He probably (laughs) said you're a third-rate politician or whatever. Yes. Okay. All right. That's number one. Number two, Donald Trump, in my opinion, made a mistake in blowing this Kurd Syria thing up. All he had to do was tell the Pentagon, hey, if American troops are going to get caught up in this thing between Turkey and the Kurds, get them out. Move them somewhere else, back to uh, a base 25 miles away. He didn't have to do this. This is another unforced error because he had to know that any kind of troop withdrawal in those areas is going to make somebody mad. Okay, so the okay? mainstream media today is saying, what did what did he get from Erdogan? What what did Trump personally oh, benefit yeah, from? Yeah, 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 he got a vacation. Yeah, uh, I know. One of the, uh, so what, so why did he, he make? Hummus, why did he make? <laughs> why did he make this move? In your opinion, because he doesn't want any American forces on the ground in the Middle East. But he at he the same wanted. But he at the same time increased forces uh, Saudi Arabia in, 2000 yeah. extra troops there. Well, he had he had he has to do some of that for economic reasons primarily and for the fight against Iran. I he see. doesn't he campaigned quite clearly and this is in the United States of Trump. He, he campaigned quite clearly and we're tired of fighting everybody else's battles. You know that. We're tired of this. 
Oh, we want NATO to pay its own way. We want other people to help us out. We got to get out of there. That's why he did it. But the timing was terrible. You know, you got to calm it down, Mr. President. Let's calm it down. He has such an opportunity, and I hope we talk about this in our last segment, with these crazy Democrats. I mean, these people are insane. What an opportunity he has. And, and yet he gets caught up in the weeds of the Kurds versus the Turks. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You can do this stuff. You don't have to blow it up into a major controversy. All right, back with Bill O'Reilly in just a second. The name of his book is The United States of Trump, and it really explains how Trump sees the United States and the world. You want to understand his decision-making. You don't even have to agree with it. But if you want to understand his decision-making, you should read this book by Bill O'Reilly. It's available everywhere uh, and uh, banned by the New York Times from ever reaching number one. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is with us today. And uh, Bill uh, uh, tweeted, uh, Beto said he met a woman working four jobs, raising special needs children. uh, And I don't believe him. Sorry. Beto writes back, this is her bill. Her name is Gina. Her daughter's name is Sumner uh, or Summer. The problem with our economy is she has to live in her car while a disgraced TV host like you makes millions. Well, he told you, Bill. Yeah, he's uh, quite a guy. So this is a really good story on many different levels. Uh, number one, let me ask you and Stu. I'm bringing you back in. Thank you, Bill. Do you know any human being in this country? who has four jobs and lives in their car. <laughs> I mean, well, no, but I believe I mean, that there you know are anybody? people. No, but I believe there are people, but I don't know any. Four jobs? Four? You have four part-time jobs? Yeah, I could see that happening. No, I no, had no, four. No, no, wait, wait, I've had part-time. He said she has four jobs while raising a child with disabilities, highlighting her struggle, and I'm Beto O'Rourke, and I approve this message, and I'll smear O'Reilly for mm-hmm. calling me out on a totally bogus story. So I think so what... Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I just think that it's it's reasonable to assume that it was part-time jobs. I don't believe anybody uh, all right, look. is, you this know... Is, this is BS. That's what this is, okay? Let me run it down methodically with facts. Okay. So CBS jumps on this right away because CBS wants to make me look bad and to tell a country, hey, we have millions of people living in cars uh, and they're trying so hard, right. but uh, we have to vote for Bernie Sanders because he's right. right. And our, our capitalist democracy doesn't work for these people. So the woman's name is Gina Giambone, all right? And CBS reports she doesn't work four. She works five jobs. This is CBS Money Watch, all right, on its wire. So you were right, Bill. I mean, Beto said four, and she was working five. So you're right right off the bat. (laughs) She's got five jobs (laughs) and sleeps in the car because she can't afford to pay rent in Las Vegas, all right? Um, But none of the jobs are full-time, according to CBS. She cobbles together work between gig economy I don't know what gig oh. economy is. So we're talking like Uber driver as one of the gig jobs. economy. Not that's Uber. not an Uber. Yeah, nope. but a gig, nope. a gig th- but that's what a gig economy is like okay. where so you're just, you. I didn't, I thought a gig was you go and play guitar someplace. No, no, no. The gig economy is like, is like Uber. 
Uh, and that's the new that is the future. I mean, so if you're working in the, this poor gig economy, that's the future. But, but those are the jobs. Right, what so, what jo- did they say which jobs she actually had? What, yeah, what the- yes. Oh, I'm getting to that. Okay. okay. So Beto O'Rourke stands there on the stage and tells America this woman has four jobs. Doesn't say anything about a gig. All right. And sleeping in a car because America is a bad country. That's the point. Okay. So here's what her jobs are. She works an hour a day. All right, an hour a day is a home health aid to her daughter. Okay. She gets paid for that. Okay. She works. For, wow, wait, 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 wait. What? One Isn't hour she parenting? Gets, yeah, that's called parenting. She gets paid yeah, I, for it? Look, I'm, I'm not making any judgments. All right, okay. Gina. All right. In fact, I feel I said on BillOReilly.com last night that if Gina contacts me, I will help her, physically help her. Okay. So I'm not disparaging Gina. I'm not just at giving all. you the facts. No, I know. She works her an hour a day uh, as a home health aide to her daughter. She then cleans a friend's house once a week. Okay. A wow. Is that a, a job? That's, once a week. That's considered okay. one of the jobs. Once a week, yeah, cleaning that's, someone's that's, house. Both jobs. That's two. Okay. That's two. And then here are the other three. You want the other three? Yes. Yeah. She does DoorDash. And two of the other services that bring you food. That's Those a, are the gig economy. You're, you totally won that battle, Bill. That, that's totally. a totally wait, 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 BS wait, wait, argument for better. better. It gets, it gets better. Okay. It gets better. Okay. So this woman essentially has no job. Essentially doesn't do anything. Well, I mean, okay. no, 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 wait, 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 no, don't go off the rails here. The, <laughs> no, the DoorDash, the, the DoorDash is a real job. It's just a okay. gig job. Listen, listen to me, you... Okay, no, all right, all right, go ahead. To me. All right. Mm-hmm. If this woman has a car, which she does because we know she sleeps in it, all right, and delivers food for three different DoorDash things, whatever that is, all right, she could be driving a cab in Las Vegas and make sixty to 70000 I checked. The average cabbie makes sixty to seventy k because millions of people come to Las Vegas and they need rides. She has her own car. She could be an Uber or a Lyft person and make even more than that. Okay? But she doesn't because she's in the gig or whatever it may be. But that is. Okay, so this whole whole thing is BS. But I feel sorry for Gina Giambone. I feel bad for her. So I'm asking Beto O'Rourke, Mr. Compassion, to help Gina. But I don't think Beto will, because in 2017, Beto, whose father-in-law is worth $500 million, and his wife made $370,000 in 2017. He gave $1,000 to charity. Oh, my gosh. $1,000. Mr. Compassion. Mr. I want your money, America, to give to Gino, but I'm not going to give it, even though my father-in-law is worth $500 million. This is a phony. He's a fascist. This is the guy who said, if you don't believe in my view of gay marriage, church, I'm revoking your tax-exempt status. Well, that doesn't affect him because he doesn't donate any money to anybody. (laughs) And here's the guy who said, if I don't like the firearm you have, I'm coming in and taking it. No, yesterday, it it, it was a scattered shower of journalism 
over with, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Seen it, uh, uh, Alison Camerota. Yeah, Alison Camerota used to be at, at Fox. All of a sudden, she broke out in an actual journalism and and held his feet to the fire. And he admitted, yes, if you don't turn your gun in, you'll get a visit from uh, yeah, some I'm sort coming. of an armed and I officer. I don't really care about the Constitution. And you know what? I'm going to bring Gina Giamboni with me. And I'll pay her to get your gun out of the house. This, this, and this is why I get angry. Because CBS enabled this idiot, Beto O'Rourke, and he is an idiot in addition to being a fascist. And he won't be in any more debates because he's polling at 2%. And the 2% who like him should move to Iceland right now. Okay? Because well, let's not let's not send the chart. No, let's not do that to Iceland. That's not nice to the... All right. Greenland. We're going to buy it, so it might be moot. But um, (laughs) anyway, that's the story, the true story about Beto O'Rourke. And he's a smear merchant to boot. Yeah. I mean, how bad is this guy? Now, let me ask you another question. We have a little bit of time here before Mm. uh, Beck takes off on his idyllic vacation. Um, There were 12 Democrats on the stage on Tuesday night. Yeah. 12. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there anyone, Beck and Stu, that you would feel confident for the future of your country should they win the Oval Office? Any of the 12? No. Um, I I would say, wait, wait, wait. I would say, I mean, do I have to just pick from them? (laughs) (laughs) There's only 12 people running. Okay, so there's only 12 people that are going to, and I have to pick one of them. I mean, I could pick some that would be less destructive, but I'm not going to find any that are going to be good. Yeah, no, none that would be good, but one that would be less destructive. All right, I don't want less destructive. Oh, yeah, good, no. I'm a simple man. (laughs) My question is, any of the 12 give you confidence in the future of your country? No. Okay, fine. So doesn't Donald Trump see that? Why are you yelling at Nancy Pelosi? Why are you discussing the Kurds? All you need to do is point out to the American voter who your competition really is. Do you want these people? These people? That's what you do. Stop with the other stuff. I'm, I'm saying to myself, what an opportunity. What, this, is like, this is like the Dallas Cowboys playing some Pop Warner team. All right. It's not even there's nobody there. The best of them is Buttigieg, the best of them. And he looks like he's going to star in a reprise of Happy Days. Mm -hmm. All right. That's where we're going to see him next. He's the best. And the rest of them are it's loon and loonier. And then Biden. uh, Didn't you love Anderson Cooper? Uh, Mr. Vice President, we know you didn't do anything wrong in Ukraine and your son didn't do anything wrong either. We you're being smeared. So what about it? That <laughs> was great. I said, Anderson, I mean, could you be more in the tank? Do you have scuba gear on? Anderson should have had a mask and a snorkel. <laughs> it's one of those situations, Bill, too, with that. It, the reason he words that that way, and Cory Booker did the same thing later on, is they're trying to make this argument that Anything about Biden and his son is off limits. Look what you did last time to Hillary Clinton in the emails. You blew the election. And I don't think they've learned that 
you know, Donald Trump is not going to let one of these things go by. Donald Trump was able to make that an issue that people understood. And if they don't fight this out now and see if Biden can deal with that claim, he's going to get burned. He's going to get burned. I mean, he'll be crooked Biden. He's already burned. He is the loser in Ukraine. Yeah, I agree. Trump. Trump, I know this for a fact, thinks thinks the impeachment is going to get him reelected. He thinks that the impeachment, that whole process is going to get him reelected. But Biden's the guy that took it. If you look at his donations, all right, they're way down. All right, people yeah. are going, you know what? He's doddering, he's befuddled, and now we know he's corrupt. Uh, that's three, you're out. Um, so who will I, it be? Will it be Warren? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, we got Michael Bloomberg might get in, the former mayor. No. But no. here's the problem with Bloomberg. If he gets elected president, we'll, no one will be allowed to drink Dr. Pepper. <laughs> right. Can't have it and Texas price. will secede if you <laughs> ban know. our Dr. Pepper. Thank you very much. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Here is uh, commentary and the no-spin uh, news at BillOReilly.com every day. And the book is The United States of Trump. It is available everywhere. Oh. This is this is crazy. You know, Bill did not have me on this story about Beto at first when he was like, who works for, t- you know, four jobs? Well, there's a lot of people that probably work four sure. jobs. You, know? you said you've, you've done it before. I've done it before. I mean, let's count the jobs that I have right now. If you count them like like they're counting them in this article. Oh, I've got 10. Yeah. At least 10. OK, so anyway, um, so Bill didn't have me because, you know, when you think of a part-time job, you think I'm going to be working at the Wendy's on weekends, and then I've got to go scrub the toilets, you know, over here. Uh, cash register. Cash register, this. And, and, yeah. Okay, and that's a hassle, and you have to conform to that company's time and rules, and it's hard to put them all together. Right. So you have a little bit of compassion there. You're like, okay, well, that kind of sucks. However, that's what people have to do sometimes to live, and I've done it myself. Okay, so now what we find out is Bill, being Bill, doesn't know what the gig economy is. (laughs) This is crazy. If one of your jobs is taking care of your child, everyone does that. Everyone does that, even special needs children. But you don't want four part-time jobs. She's got two gig jobs. Three, right? Well, one is for her friend. She could move that at any time. Right. Uh, and, and they, they mentioned uh, three. He said three DoorDash like. So DoorDash, okay. Uber Eats, Grubhub, right? Okay. That's fantastic. You work on your hours when you want. If something goes wrong with your special needs child and you have to be there, you can be there and you're not going to get fired. And you can't count that as three jobs. No. That's one job. It, it, look, the guys, if you go ever get a car from Uber, half the time you'll get the car and they will have two phones in the car one is on uber and one is on lyft right are they working both jobs at the same time like no they're competing (laughs) companies they switch back and forth for rides to see who's on there it's crazy that doesn't count as two jobs you're working you don't get i mean you could work an unlimited amount of hours i could sign up for all of these services and drive around my car and say i'm working 50 jobs it's ridiculous and by the way if you're working 40 hours a week i don't care if it's three different jobs as long especially especially if it's a gig job and they're separate you're driving for uber eats and then you're driving for you know glenn beck just is always calling for food that app yeah Uh, you know if you're if you're (laughs) doing that separately then you can count them if you're doing them at the same time you can't count them as separate jobs and a job is 40 hours a week right like but if you work again if you work two hours for grubhub and two hours for uber eats and two hours for uh for doordash 
That's six hours, right? Like, that's not three. I'm working three jobs. That's working not even one full-time job. you're getting paid an hour to take care of your daughter. That's a pretty sweet gig because we're not getting paid. My wife doesn't get paid for for that. We have special need children. I mean, what do you... No, look, I mean... I'm sure it's a very difficult thing, and, and it's very challenging. It's not to demean her plight. It's a BS no. argument from Beto. That's the focus. Exactly right. It's the future.